0: Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley.
1: Aggies Guys Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, our producer, Tony Codero, editor, Josh Ewing uh, with us as well. It is a cast of thousands minus 955. 995. Oh, I can't count. Hey, here we go. Doesn't matter. We're gonna count on the scoreboard. It is AM versus Alabama in a matchup that we cannot wait to dig into in this. In fact, we've got Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Aggies. He's joining us in just a bit here. Um, coming up closer to the bottom of the hour as we talk about this. Guys, look, I mean, we spent the better part of the you know, past you know, six weeks, right? Talking about the uh, Jimbo Fisher and he's got to win this, and his seat is hot and you know which moving company they're going to use to move him out of town. Um, here he is, four and one, and uh, and you've you've got to crack at you know the team that has been the team in the SEC for the past decade. Get a win like you did a couple of years ago, and all of a sudden it's a very different conversation in College Station.
2: Yeah,
3: this is that game. This is their game. This is they win this game, and you feel good about where you're at. You lose this game, and you're like you're kind of almost go back to the drawing board and say, ah, we're not there yet. We're not quite there yet. So. The, for Texas A&M this is uh, you're you're at home and yeah you're playing an Alabama team that is uh, you know good it, it, clearly they're ranked 11th in the country they're obviously very talented but this is a one and a half point favorite game in large part because everyone knows that Alabama isn't maybe Alabama of the past they don't have the same you know have a they don't have a Heisman trophy winning quarterback and Bryce Young um back there or whoever you go down the list and they've still got talent but maybe it's not talent we've heard about yet as much so now you've got a and m with a chance they've got young talent um they've got you know even though they've got a backup quarterback he's a he's an experienced backup and and they uh you know they have a they have a chance to pull this upset and and if it's a minor upset I mean if max Johnson plays well and they can run the football just enough uh, they have a chance to pull this off
0: yeah this is something where you got to give Jimbo Fisher credit. A lot of people get frustrated at him, but this team now controls their own destiny. They have an opportunity to beat uh, Alabama, who's who's not as strong as usual, but still a good team. They've got them at home, and then that makes the back part of the schedule look much more manageable, especially when Tennessee and and LSU aren't as strong as maybe you thought they were going to be. But to make all that happen, to get that optimism... You have to beat Alabama, and and if you beat Alabama, you can you can make a case that this team could end up eleven and one, and and be the champion of the West, and have an opportunity to play what looks to be Georgia for an opportunity to go to the CFP. I mean that that's that's pretty good coaching considering where things were right after the Miami loss.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. What a quantum leap in these last uh, three weeks. To your point, getting the three wins. Um, you know, you lose your your quarterback, and Max Johnson comes in um, and takes care of business. You know, we've talked before. It's always great to. It's a luxury when you have a a, a veteran, someone who's an upperclassman as your backup, um, who you know who did it at LSU until deciding to transfer, uh, stepping in and showing. I thought he showed the the maturity and, and some poise uh, in that, and that's um, only going to benefit the Aggies if he can continue to to build on that
3: if he's given time you know if they can run the football and give him some time to throw the ball the, both these teams are great at getting to the quarterback by the way i think uh tex m has like 20 sacks so far Alabama has 17 these are these are guys who can get to the quarterback and now if you if but if if they get time if if johnson gets time to throw the ball he'll be able to find open guys and we've seen that um, you know, against Alabama, that's kind of been the, when they get time, they maybe don't cover quite as well as they can. They commit some penalties down the field and it's, it's hurt them. So Texas a m has to protect their quarterback. They definitely don't want to have an injury and, and get to their third string quarterback. That's not the way to win this one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not the way to win this one. Um, you know, and you look at this, you look at this team, and and I think Texas A&M's got the opportunity. I don't think you want to let Alabama get out ahead because you don't want to let that that pass rush go absolutely um, crazy. And and you know, I think ultimately you really want to have opportunity to. Um, I, I think you you got to go after the quarterback, and I think both teams depending on who can get the most pressure on the QB is probably going to be a huge determinant. And I think I don't know that either team can control the game on the ground. So you're going to have to be able to move the ball through the air and you're going to, have to be able to protect your quarterback. And the the degrees of difference may not be that much, but that may be what wins you the game. Yeah, I want to get into a bit the Alabama side just
1: a bit. Uh, but Jimbo Fisher talking about this matchup uh, earlier this week. Let's listen in.
4: You know they're a complete football team they're a very good football team you know we're gonna to have to play better than we're playing we have to as far as improving our mistakes and and not that you know we have to jump up we got to get better each and every week that's our goal we have to improve and we have a we have, we have a good football team we need to worry about us and prepare and you know look at what they do and be able to prepare against what they're going to be able to bring in here and it's which is going to be a very big strong physical football team and has skill and like always coach Saban's is a great coach they do a great job with the staff and uh, you know it's about we have to go in and Prepare well, get ready to play a great game, and play another SEC. And I say they're double whammy games because it's an SEC game and it's an SEC West game. So I mean, it counts double. And you know, this is the next game, so it's the most important game we have.
3: You mentioned um, even though they don't have a lot of uh, catches necessarily, that the, uh, the, the the yards per catch and how, much, how how much of a is that a concern uh, for your secondary? And are you concerned about oh, the Oh, no doubt
4: because they, they listen. They're so physical in the run game. You got to commit guys to the run. You got to tackle well. You got to plug in and, and the play action game and what Milro does on naked's boots or the hard play action game, getting that second the separation between second level and third level and those big holes. And then Bond and and Burton, those guys, when they catch the ball, man, they run away from it. Even not the, the tight ends run away from you. You know what I'm saying? They have great speed. So you're hitting those chunk plays and then they're turning into explosive big plays on down the field. And that's a very hard thing that that's a hard thing to defend. Well, you worry about being Alabama, you know who they are, but I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to them, but I mean at the same time. That's your next opponent. You got to get ready to play it.
3: But have you noticed the composure in practice the last two weeks? Really, just yeah. Kind of I mean, our
4: I, I guys are learning to understand that you can only you can control is yourself, and how you prepare, and how you think, and the self talk you tell yourself, and what you see on film, and how you prepare, and the intensity and focus you come to practice with. And you know, because you you can go through the as I say, go through the motion, Sometimes you're not there. You got to be there in practice. You got to be vested that like, you know, the old Michael Jordan say that every play for him in practice was for the NBA title. That's why he he could do what he did at the end of games. You got to buy into that and that mentality that how important it is. And, and then of course it's Alabama. Who's a very, very good football team. The thing about them, when you look about them, whether it's offensive, they give you nothing. They don't give you play. I mean, they're, well, they're, that front. Well, where do we get the advantage? We're going to have to, we're going to have to, as I say, you hear me say, when you have a good team, when both sides do it right and guys beat guys with great technique great play because they're all lined up in the right place and a lot of guys a lot of games and a lot of plays are made because the other team makes a mistake there's a whole misalignment a misread you know that's what majority of your big plays and ball comes from you know what i'm saying with alabama you don't see that guys are always in the right place the right time with the right leverage in the right situation and what they're doing and so you have to earn and you know you got to you got to do things right yourself. And if you and if you are not lined up in the right things and doing the right things with the right calls, whether it's protection or how you're fitting runs on defense, that they're going to exploit you. They make you, because of how well they're coached, to be well coached and play well yourself. Don't give things away because as soon as you do, they they capitalize on them.
3: Yeah, big big game for Jimbo. I mean, he's ready to roll and and, and you know, he knows that he knows I think he broke the, he's like he hit the glass ceiling, right? The, He's the first assistant to beat Saban. Nobody yeah. had beaten him before a couple of years ago, and now you know Kirby Smart then beat him, and uh, so maybe there's you know he is human, and so now this is Jimbo's chance to kind of say, well, I'm I'm you know I'm Jimbo, I'm I'm good. You know, we we, we forget how good Jimbo Fisher was at Florida State, right? I mean, when he's we're talking about getting rid of him at Texas A and M and not being happy with him, at Texas A and M, he was so good at Florida State for such a long time now. He's got an opportunity here to to kind of say, you know what? I'm coming to the SEC. I'm doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, and and you do have to think that Saban's probably, he'll never admit it, but he's got to be motivated that he doesn't want to lose to another assistant, you know, because the Kirby Smart thing is probably getting old for Nick. You know, he's, he's not enjoying it anymore. So I would say <laughs> maybe there's a little extra at this, because the thing that, that you think about is Alabama, can't really afford another loss either, especially for what they want to do. So uh, I think this is two teams that should be motivated and and playing to the best of their abilities. A, a fantastic game um, for fans to to watch this week. Yeah, guys. Uh,
1: Alabama coming in eleventh ranked. A um, and M just missing again three game winning streaks. We talked about here's what's strange just kind of looking at you know you kind of go through and look at this matchup and you know all the numbers and the lines the betting stuff Alabama 11th ranked team on the road at Texas am only a one and a half point favorite going into the weekend um that number surprises me you normally you I know that you know unranked but you're barely unranked um considering it's Alabama um it's not a lot of not a lot of faith in, in this team to go on the road and get the win
3: well, I, I think the the key here is that most people don't expect Alabama to score a ton of points because they haven't been great offensively, um, and, and you know is, you know when when teams get after the quarterback, that's kind of been a problem, you know for uh, Tommy Reese back at Notre Dame, when his offense has struggled when the defense put relentless pressure back on or pressure on the quarterback. So is that a problem? Now J- the one thing that Alabama does have, if you come after Jalen Milrow. And you miss, it's gonna be six the other way because this dude can run. I mean, this dude can run. So you gotta be you gotta be selective when you come after him and make sure you stay in your lanes and you can't get got to be disciplined as you're doing this.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole concept of outside contain, which is one that 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 if you've played the sport, depending on particularly on what position you played. Uh, that outside contain has to be monitored every single minute with Milro because he doesn't need much of a crack to be gone, and all you're seeing is posterior and elbows as he goes down the sideline. So you, you, you don't want to allow that to happen. And Texas A&M is going to have – they've got some fierce pass rushers, but they're going to have to rush under control to make sure that they don't inadvertently allow him a lane that he can gash him with and and cause problems. Yeah. Milro going uh, back home. He's from
1: Katy, Texas. Uh, they're a pretty good baseball pitcher from Katy, Texas uh, guy of name of Clemens. Clemens. He, he was okay. It was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. He was okay. Uh, going back home. And so certainly uh, again, we'll with a little bit more on that. We were going to talk with in a few minutes here. Um, a- Andrew Monaco. He is the voice of the Aggies He's been on the show here before, and he will join us again in a few uh, to talk about again, this uh, Milro player. How much has he improved last year? Keep in mind that Bryce Young missed the A and M game last year, and it was Milrow who came in, and uh, and they, you know, they managed to to eke out the win in Tuscaloosa.
3: Yeah, he's much better quarterback this time, and I think we saw him in the Texas game. Since that time, he's grown a little bit, and, and they realize he's the guy now. And um, yeah, I think he's better now. Is he good enough to win this game on the road? I that we'll find out.
0: Yeah, I I probably like him a little better than other folks do. I think the biggest step for Milro is when he starts to use those feet to extend a passing play, as opposed to just get out and run. That's what to me makes uh, Daniels so good at Kansas when he's playing. Is that he will go right up to the line of scrimmage. It may he may get another two to three seconds, and then he'll dump the ball when a defensive back has to choose either come up or and force him or um, stay back and let him get 20 yards. And and Milrow right now is just running for the sake of running, which is no problem. When you're that good, I wish I could could do that. But when he figures out that those feet can allow him to get guys open, he is going to be truly scary. A uh, lot of must-see games already this
1: season, but now these must-see games have conference uh, implications in it. It's te- Texas A&M uh, hosting Alabama. Both teams 4-1, and Three thirty start on CPS Eastern Time. And, uh, again, we got much more to talk about this game from Kyle Field. Uh, we'll step away and have some other headlines. Uh, and then later, uh, again, bottom of the hour, Andrew Monaco joining us. Uh, he's the voice of the Aggies, breaking down this matchup. The Tide and the Aggies. Stay with us. Much more to come right here.
2: That's 800-613-8053.
5: What's the best way to get rid of a timeshare that you don't want? Call the Timeshare Exit Hotline. We're a group of attorneys that help customers legally exit their timeshares. It's an easy process. We guarantee results or you pay nothing. Exit your timeshare today.
2: Call now. 800-715-6093. 800 715 6093. That's 800 715 6093.
1: A little more news here to get to. And uh, something came up this week, our producer Tony Cordero found, and um, we had a good, you know, in our production meeting, good conversation about this. Uh, A few days ago, Georgia, uh, the Georgia High School Association, approving name, image, and likeness for Georgia high school athletes. So what this means, you've got NIL on the college level, right? Like once you get to college, but Georgia now becoming the 30th state to adopt the same thing. So guys, that means if you're a 15-year-old high school sophomore, you can make money by doing ads in town from your name, image, and likeness. I, I
3: I didn't know that most high school kids... Had name, image, and likeness at the age fifteen. Well, this is the new world, right? I mean, um, in Illinois, we have that available, and you know what's coming next to Georgia. Georgia has that, and you know who's going to have it ne- soon? Florida. You know why? Because all the kids will move to Georgia if they don't. And and here's the concern is, here's here's why the concern is, and I, name, image, likeness just makes the college like or the high school like the college, where it's just going to be recruiting. And so just do kids leave and have a better. That's why you're going to have to have some rules about, you know, making sure that they where they live, if you're going to have districts, all these different things. I mean, these are 15 year old kids and stuff. This is going to happen to. And you're going to have parents who are going to take you're going to have those parents who are going to take advantage of their kids, uh, you know, potential to make money. You know, we've seen it in college, but now we're seeing 15 year olds. We're basically pimping their kids out to get money. It's crazy. Uh-
0: I, I can't see where there's going to be a ton of businesses who can just afford at that local level, can afford to, you know, pay $5,000 even to a kid who's probably not going to have any real advertising advantage for them. Um, but, I mean, there's going to be those rare ones, you know, LeBron James when he was a kid, you know. um Ben Wilson, you know, there'll be a few, but I think there'll be few and far between. I know if they'd have had this rule when I was in high school, I would have made dollar, maybe. A dollar. A no, dollar.
3: I, I, but I'll tell you what, you've got private schools, um, you know, and you yeah, can all. go out and get, okay, we'll go out and get this kid and we'll give him an image like this and yeah. this and that. And, you know, you got this guy who owns a car dealership and he, maybe, does he get a car? At lease a car, he can have a car lease. I mean, so yeah. you're starting, he, we can be creative here. We can be creative. Maybe I need to get a car dealership. I'm I just wonder really do you think it's enough? Players?
0: Do you think it's enough to move? I mean, I can, I can see like going flipping like school district lines and stuff like that. But boy, when you physically, like, you know, you get paid $10,000 on closing for a house. And
3: yeah, yeah, oh, that, that, I, I don't know if they'll move, but a lot of these schools, especially uh, some of these places, have open enrollment. So yeah. I mean, you can basically move wherever you want. You know, if you live in Chicago, those guys change schools every yeah, yeah, three every weeks, yeah, yeah. you know, just every three weeks, go to their school. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I just think it's the future. And, you know, Georgia's just jumping in just like the other ones. And you will have more. Eventually, it's going to be 45 to 50 states doing this.
1: Yeah, that is one. Uh, by the way, they also talking about a proposal to separate the state's private schools in Georgia into their own state championships. If you don't know, they had their own private state championship forever. They just undid it like a year ago. Now they want to go back. Anyway, Uh, NILs. There you go. Hey, little NFL, Matt Canada uh, with the Steelers. Why does he still have a job? Um,
3: You look at some of the stats, some of the things that he's done. um, It's it's not good. He must have some of the pictures like Mike has of us. That's why he gets to stay on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. (laughs) It's just, just horrific. And sometimes those pictures, I don't know why people get so mad about them. They're extremely useful. Um, they've been great for me. I don't know. I don't, and you know, and Matt and I've been pen pals for years. So, um, he, he took a couple, actually he gave me a few tips on that. So well, there you go. Keep, keep, keep going, Matt. Good for you. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> by the way, one of the, one of the many stats, our producer, Tony Cordero, uh, gave to us here, looking this up, the Steelers have more first quarter drives that end in turnovers, 15, then touchdowns 13 since he since he took over. Uh by the way the average is 4.4 yards per play on first down since he took over worst in the NFL and one more the Steelers 1 in 15 at their opponent scores more than 22 points worst in the NFL. So,
0: Larry he also has uh, more uh pictures on his camera roll that are useful than not <laughs> useful and that's explains the whole thing. He's a good photographer. That's why he's still there. <laughs> exactly. Um
3: he has a roll.
1: For that matter, I want to give the floor to, to Brad Sturdy. Why does Angel Hernandez still have a job? Oh baseball umpire. It, it,
3: so Mr. Congeniality, Angel Hernandez, who, who can't get along with anyone, he's also a bad umpire. Like I means oh. it's one thing to be like a, a complete a bad umpire. There are a lot of bad umpires, but you know what? This guy is a jerk too. So don't be a jerk. Like don't be a you know, just don't be a jerk. Everybody hates the guy, nobody respects the guy. He needs to go, just retire, move off in the sunset. He tried to sue Major League Baseball. He's had all kinds of problems. It's time for Angel to go the way of, you know, an angel, and and not be in Major League Baseball anymore.
0: I have nothing to add.
1: I yield back. We heard that a lot. (laughs) Uh, There you go. So, yeah, by the way, uh, one final little tidbit as the playoffs roll on. How about Tampa Bay? Uh, 19,000 and change in their opener in game one. Lowest, smallest Major League Baseball non-COVID playoff crowd since 1919. Uh, Joe Jackson was still legitimate and was still considered a good guy who didn't cheat. Um, in 1990. It's a long ago it was. Man. Shoeless Joe. What are you going to do? All right. Hey, stay with us.
3: Smarter you build gun. it. You will come.
2: like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than two bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-215-0341. 800-215-0341. 800-215-0341. That's 800-215-0341.
0: Attention business owners, have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS instead of waiting months to a year plus? How would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419.
2: 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts.
5: You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network.
1: Once again, big game this week. Aggies taking on Alabama. Back on the show, we were always thrilled to uh, have his time as it's valuable. He's the voice of the Aggies. Uh, Andrew Monaco was back. Andrew, good to see you again.
5: Thank you so much for having me back. Now you know, at Texas A&M, we're big on traditions. Yeah, there might be some Aggies who aren't going to be happy because the last time I was here, oh boy, we lost to Miami. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. saying. Twice yeah. is kind of a tradition at texas a and i A&M. I'm hoping yeah. I can change what the bad mojo or the bad karma that I had the last time cuz I enjoyed the heck out of you guys and <laughs> I couldn't wait to come back. <laughs>
1: well, and, and, and likewise. Okay, well guys, whatever lucky charm you got, I've got a rabbit's foot here that's uh was sitting in my I'm just going to in my desk drawer. So I'm going to hold onto that during the interview and change the mojo. Listen, you know, to your point last time we talked, I I think this and and you tell me how accurate I, I am with this. I think this Aggies team has grown up um, since, since that Miami game. I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. And I think they've kind of found their
5: identity and that identity being on the defensive side, as well as the offense has been consistent. But yeah. And, and I think it goes back to teams in week one, aren't the same in week five, eight, 12. And this team's not the same team. And maybe they, sh- they shouldn't be right. I mean, no, the, I, yeah. no, they should not. And that that's, We as fans, I think, get so caught up in that. Um, This isn't the NFL where it's a week-to-week, where you're the best or you're the worst, although I think that's being uh, implemented into fans in in college. But maybe the Miami loss was a good one. Maybe that was the wake-up call. I don't know. I don't know. It was a test. Obviously, Miami's a good team, but Texas A&M expected to play better. They still put on 33 points in that loss, but 48 is way too many. They focused back on the next week against ULM and they focused on what the Aggies do best. And you could see that defense come together, the offense playing well, and then SEC play opens. And that's what Jimbo Fisher said after Miami. The season is ahead of you. And when he says that, it's the SEC season. All your goals are there to win the SEC West, to go to Atlanta, try to win an SEC championship and then go to the semifinals and then the finals to be one of the final four teams this year. And against Auburn, you could see how dominant this defense could be. They controlled the line of scrimmage against Auburn. I dare say they dominated the line of scrimmage against Arkansas. So the 14 sacks in the last two games, the 30 tackles for loss in the last two games. And I think you look at also the penalties against Auburn and the no gains against Arkansas against two very good quarterbacks, uh, running quarterbacks in Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford for Auburn. And. KJ Jefferson, who has hurt the Aggies in the past. And then the offense not missing a beat, Uh, losing Connor Wigman, which hurts, but having an experienced Max Johnson there. So yeah, I think they have grown and I think they're growing into that identity um, and you're going to need to play your best foot. And I don't think this team's played a complete game yet, but you better be complete facing Alabama on Saturday.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. We look at Alabama, they're the same way. Like a couple weeks ago, people were writing them off as Saban done. It's the end of the Saban era. And 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 you know, now it's like, oh, Alabama's good again, um, uh, just for in two weeks. So with Texas AM, though, is there they were able to beat Alabama, you know, when Alabama was like at the top. So does that maybe give them a little confidence going into this matchup where they, they you know we've beaten them. We we've done it now.
5: Sure does. The last time they were in Kyle Field, and they did it with a backup quarterback in Zach Calzada. Last year was a one, it became a, a one possession game where the Aggies are driving in the last play. Alabama makes the play, give them, give them a ton of credit on, on defense. Haynes King hits Evan Stewart, but he can't get into the end zone. But the Aggies went toe to toe with them. Biggest difference, I think, is that now the Aggies are recruiting with Alabama. So it's equivalent talent coming in from high schools. Before when Jimbo got here, you're out recruiting Oklahoma State or Houston. No shot at those guys. But if you're going to beat Alabama, Georgia, LSU, you've got to out recruit Alabama, Georgia, LSU. And that is what is, is happening now under, under Jimbo Fisher. And I think it is. You have guys like an Anaya Smith who comes back for one more season who was on that field two years ago and made the game-tying catch in the end zone from Zach Calzati. You have guys who have played in that game know how to beat Alabama, but I think more importantly, know how to prepare to beat Alabama. Just because you've done it in the past doesn't mean you're going to do it again. You have to have all the ingredients for that success.
0: How do you think this rejuvenated uh, A&M defense matches up with what uh, Coach Saban's going to put on the field offensively?
5: Yeah, you're going to have to stop the run. That's for sure. And with McClellan and Roy Dell Williams, they're two fantastic running backs, which was Gibbs in the past, which look, Alabama's always had good running backs and experienced running backs. And you also have to stop Jalen Milrow, who's is their best runner. Now, do the Aggies get an advantage of playing running quarterbacks? Yes. This is a different level, um, where I don't think. Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, nearly as good passers. KJ Jefferson now is a better is a better passer than the Auburn quarterbacks. But Milroe's that package. Milrow played against Texas A&M last year. Bryce Young did not play. Milrow did, and the Aggies affected Milrow. Not going to lie, I, I remember after that game, Nick Saban said that Jalen Milrow was a little sloppy with the ball. One of the reasons for that was a man by the name of Fidel Diggs was doing that to him uh, in in that game. But he also ripped off some big runs, and whether it's third and long or third and short, second and short, I mean, he if you if you don't contain him, just think about a touchdown or turnovers are going to become seven points in these games against Alabama. It's not going to be a field goal uh, like against Arkansas this past weekend in Arlington. Uh, but I just think. The running game, the, the lines of scrimmage, and it, sometimes you talk about strength against strength. The two strengths for these schools are their defenses, and I wonder if this becomes an old SEC matchup where the defense is where points are at a premium. Uh, the offensive line was better against Arkansas for, for Texas a They do have running backs. You saw Le'Veon Moss get his first 100-yard game. That will help Max Johnson. That will help this team go down the field but I think the Aggies have to stop that running game and then take your chances that even though Milro is not completing a lot of passes you look at the yardage it's nearly 20 yards of completion I think that speaks to how dynamic uh, Alabama's wide receivers are and if you don't keep them in front of you
1: you're going to be chasing them into the end zone talking with Andrew Monaco voice of the Aggies here on the sports spectacular and you mentioned uh, Jalen Milrow I mean Obviously, some connections locally. He's from Katy, about 80 miles away, right there. Um, so, this is a, a young man that you've seen play even in high school. And of course, got a good up close look last year and have watched him this year um, on TV, maybe even on, you know, on some tape as well. Um, you know, is this someone we talked about the Aggies growing up? Would you say, even though he's still kind of working through some things, um, that since he's been named the starter, and we had some issues early on that, you know, he was benched for a game, didn't get the start. Um, do you see a change in in his game from where he yeah. was the a couple of starts of the year? Yeah, I, I think from last year, I think he looked to run.
5: at the At the first moment. Now he not only is going to go through the progression, but when he runs, he holds the ball differently. He holds it now, still thinking to pass. Before, he would just tuck. And go, and you knew, as a defender, you could get him. Well, now there's the second option for him. I love something Jimbo Fisher said about him. The game slowed down for him. And uh, again, to use a Jimbo Fisher line, he's got saddle time. When you're in that saddle, you learn. and 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 the more reps that he has gotten, the more of his talent keeps coming out. i, I I'm really, again, we get into this recruiting thing, Milrow commits, but the Aggies committed to Connor Wigman out of Cyprus, you know, Cyprus Bridgeland high school. Um, but it's just fascinating because I don't think there's a wrong answer when, when you identify the quarterback that you want, I don't think there's a wrong answer, right? The, 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 young man commits to you, he's your guy. So for Aggie fans to say, oh, we, we should have had Milrow or we should have had this or that. It's to me, it's, That's the right guy for Alabama. Connor is the right guy for Texas A&M. And each of them, I think, are are absolute winners. That's that's for sure. But no, I think Milrow has absolutely progressed where he's even more dangerous than the Milrow that the Aggies saw last year at Bryant-Denny Stadium.
3: Is there a, as you kind of look at this, you, you mentioned Jimbo Fisher, a lot of Jimbo Fisher quotes. Is Jimbo Fisher more comfortable this year? with this team it seemed like last year it was a struggle you know i mean just trying to he didn't know what i I didn't know what he was going to get from week to week and didn't really it wasn't it wasn't a jimbo fisher team obviously we've seen him win a lot of games over the years what is he more comfortable this year
5: he likes this group it's that simple he likes this group and he knew this was going to be a very pivotal year look at three quarterbacks you lose an all sec center and bryce foster you lose Anaya smith who's who's a leader And I think the guys coming back, I think, is also testament to the culture that Jimbo has built at Texas A&M. And, you know, it's a combination of not coming back just for him, coming back to play with these teammates. So all those freshmen who were pressed into duty last year now understand what it takes. Everything that I've said about Jalen Milrow for Alabama, I can say the same thing about Bryce Anderson at nickel. I can say the same thing about Walter Nolan playing next to McKinley Jackson on that defensive line. I can say about some of the offensive linemen. Um, and, and the running backs, I, I joked with Jimbo during his coach's show, because I had always heard it attributed to Johnny Majors, the former Tennessee head coach. I said, but which coach always said the best thing about freshmen is be, is is they become sophomores? And Jimbo said, all of us, all of us <laughs> say that. So I, I think that's, that's the key. I, and I don't know if you guys agree, but I think this, to not only play as a young player, sometimes as a freshman, and it can be very quick, but you get adjusted. Once you realize that you belong on this level, I think that leads to the confidence. So you're not sure you, you commit to a school to say, Hey, I want to play in games like this. And then you get to play there and you realize, okay, I belong on this stage. It's one thing to play college football. It's another to play in the sec. And once you belong, I think that confidence, and then you say, okay, to stay at this level, to compete at this level, all that work that gets done pays off in that offseason. But a long way of saying Jimbo really likes this crew because the guys who left, left from last year's recruiting class. But even those guys who left, there's still a highly re, a highly valued recruiting class. And you're seeing a lot of those freshmen who are now sophomores having impact positions. and And they're deeper and more talented. And I think Jimbo would admit that at each of the positions. And I think that's what's paying off.
0: If Jimbo um, drew a realistic roadmap for how the Aggies are going to beat the Tide this weekend, what do you think that would what do you think that would look like?
5: Balance on offense must must run because if you're just going to try to pass, this Alabama secondary is too good. You're going to allow the Braswells and the Turners, the Abouigbes to just pin their ears back and go right. That, that, that line is going to just, they know what they're going to do. And that secondary is just too good to have to pass all the time. Balance on that offense possession. Got to play a clean game and continue to get the big plays on offense. They've, they've had explosive plays throughout these first five games. They, they have that in, in the arsenal, uh, continue to make the, those plays and you got to be clean I'm still surprised this team is a minus in the turnover margin and four and one. If they can control the ball, Um, special teams have also been good. It's been a very good third phase. I know they gave up the kickoff return at Miami, but they have covered very well. And Anaya Smith being back gives you that threat every single time on a punt. It's got to be a clean game though. They can't turn it over because your thought being you turn it over to Alabama, it's going to be six, not going to be three, not going to be zero. And you don't want to put that kind of pressure
1: on your defense. Andrew, one of the things that makes you one of the best in the country, you have great passion uh, when you are on the mic each week. But tell me, be honest. This is extra special when it's Alabama. Still,
5: yeah, yeah, because Kyle Field's going to be electric. You know, look, it always is. But for moments like this, uh, Kyle Field and the 12th man never let you down. And and that's when you when you stand in that booth and you look around and you feel it swaying when they're coming out. You say, man. This is why we get in our businesses for moments like this. I've never lost how special games like this are.
1: Yeah, yeah. we can hear your passion talking to you. We appreciate you always uh, taking time to spend time with us. Good luck this weekend. It's going to be an outstanding game. We'll all be watching 3.30 Eastern time kickoff, 2.30 local. Uh, And like you said, Kyle Field swaying. Um, In fact, (laughs) the girders right now talking to themselves. Get ready, boys. It's going to be crazy on Saturday. Hey, Andrew, thanks so much. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies, talking about again, Aggies 4-1, tied 4-1 and again Saturday afternoon. It's on CBS, 3.30 Eastern time kickoff, and uh, we cannot wait. Stay with us. Much more to come. This is the Sports Spectacle.
2: and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800 413 7158 800 413 7158 800 413 7158 that's 800 413 7158.
1: Well, as we continue here, um, you know, big announcement this week the NCAA council meeting um, uh, approving a reduced transfer portal window. Guys, we talk about this. It, it felt like this year the portal literally lasted as long as the seasons did right i mean it just it i know it was just a couple of months or something but it it felt like it was forever um i think this is a good move
3: oh there's no question and and if you talk to college coaches and as as i have they they would love to see this condensed even more and, and just make it the time you know after the season say here's our set time you've got 30 days to figure it out and find a place to go. And that's it. And we're done. And we move on. And then we, we we go from there. And then this the fact that it's all drawn out is just it's crazy because you're waiting on guys to enter the portal to make decisions, you know, you're deciding what's gonna happen and and you got all this, it's just such a long, drawn-out process. And and I know with the in like in the basketball side, you got the NBA combine and things like that, and trying to figure out whether you're going to that and you're trying to, now you have NIL budgets you're trying to put together. It's, it's crazy.
0: So I I was hoping it would go 30 days. I thought that was probably the best solution, but I have a way they could make money on it for the big 10 and the sec. They could do a TV show, all the transfers get together. And then it's like the wheel of fortune. You have one through 90, they spin and you watch the kid's face as, Oh, I got 90 days or Oh, I've got one day, excuse me, I got to get out of here. And you know, (laughs) now that would be kind of cool, but otherwise I would prefer 30, but 45 is better than 60.
3: See here, here I was thinking you were going to have all the schools up there and they spin and you get whatever school, if you go into portal, you never know, you could get Duke. (laughs) Kentucky, or you get Northwestern. Oh no, man. you get San Diego state or, you know, whatever.
0: I get Tulsa. Oh man. (laughs)
3: Exactly. That's right.
0: Oh, Montana state. Come (laughs) on, man. They have a team. But I like the idea of, you know, like a little bit of wheel of fortune. You know, some guy finds out he's got 90 days. Somebody else has three. Oh, well, luck of the draw guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the reduction, like you said, 60
1: days down to 45. That's a start in the right direction. And I think too, to your point, it, it got to the point this past spring with the 60-day window, and I'm talking basketball here. Yeah. Um, that it felt like that it was one where you know you once you get past that 30-day window, that it then it just drags on. And now the problem is you've got you know some kids who maybe aren't finding young people who aren't finding you know the spot they thought they had or the school they thought was going to take them now is no longer available. Um, and so there's a lot of I think this is good as well for the student athletes that you've got to make quicker decisions, and therefore, hopefully, everyone has a seat to sit down in when the music stops.
3: Yeah, and you don't, you know, we see this all the time. We talk about what a great, oh, this is so great for kids, and this is great. And in some respects, it turns out great. But there are other kids who transfer, and they end up with nowhere to go. These kids who are on an athletic scholarship. They leave. They give up that scholarship. They have nowhere to go. And they can't. It's a D1 kid who may not end up even in a D2, and he, he may not end up playing in that year. It's it's really – it can be some – there's some bad sides to
0: this as well. Yeah, the D2 college athlete has it a lot tougher than the D1 because there's a lot of this cleaning at the end of every season. But you can imagine if you were a D1 athlete and you're the parent and maybe you don't have a lot of money – and you find out that, hey, your son's in the transfer portal, and now he doesn't have a scholarship or she doesn't have a scholarship, and you have to figure out where that $25,000 is going to come from, that's got to be just a horrible feeling. And and I think sometimes players need to think a little bit about and be appreciative of what they do have before they burn a bridge. Well, we know this right now, that if a student, student
1: athlete leaves to go to join the Utah football team, They've got a truck waiting for him. One of the most uh, bizarre uh, situations, arrangements in the short, brief history of name, image, likeness. What a crazy story! Every Ute, the NIL deal, every Utah football player, Utah Ute, gets a brand new Dodge Ram 1500 Bighorn pickup truck. Eighty-five trucks out there every year.
3: That's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, I but I think that's actually something that's. Useful, right? I mean, that's actually it's cool, but it's also useful. So, especially in Utah, you got to have your truck. Nothing wrong with that.
0: It wouldn't be college football without auto dealers having some sort of influence over the team, <laughs> giving <laughs> them giving them stuff for free. So, I think that tradition is nearing 100 years. Way to go, Dodge.
1: By the way, uh, these trucks, if you price them 61000 each... So this deal combined is worth 5.2 million. Now, by the way, we should say this: uh, the truck is out there. It's a it's a six month um, uh, six month deal, right? That it's 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 a lease arrangement, and that lease expires when a player's eligibility is up or if the player chooses to transfer. Um, by the way, it also covers insurance for each truck. Uh, and we thought Eric Dickerson had got a good deal back in the 80s, right? With the with the Trans Am or the Firebird, whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine though some of the fights over people? You know, they want the quarterback's truck. You know, yeah. uh, like oh, I got the lineman's truck. Oh man, come on. Well, you imagine you no know, trying to find your truck after practice because there's only so many colors, right? Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm talking about after they get after they get sold back yeah. at you know at six months. You know, some somebody wants to buy a used car. Well, the quarterback's truck is going to go a lot quicker than the third string lineman.
3: Is the, is the quarterback for like Iowa? Maybe not. Well,
0: maybe. I mean, yeah. Hey, this is the defensive or this is the offensive coordinator of Iowa's truck. Oh, I don't want it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, by
1: the way, I think that McNamara got a truck. It's part of his deal to leave Michigan. Yeah, so he did.
3: Score, I'll yeah. never score with that truck. <laughs>
1: That's a score. That was a story of your high school.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Say
1: it by the bell. We got to go. Thanks to everyone who joined us uh, on the show. We hope you enjoyed the games. Uh, hope you enjoyed the chat and hope you'll see us right back here. Same time, same station next week. Uh, for Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. For everybody here as part of the show, thanks so much. We'll see you next time.
0: The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular.